You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, thank you, Asbury, for giving me the opportunity to be with you this week. Uh, I want to thank you for the way that the gardener has used you to cultivate growth in me this week. Um, I've been very encouraged by our time together and um, getting to meet with students and staff and faculty and getting to hear what the Lord is doing in your life. And uh, you have challenged me and encouraged me and built me up this week. So thank you uh, for doing that, pouring into me. I'm feeling refreshed in this. So thank you. Um, thank you to Greg and Jeannie and Haley and the whole chapel staff team uh, for all of your um, welcome and just making this a great week. I've really, really loved it. And to President Brown, thank you so much for allowing me to be here and the culture that is being built here and the leadership you're giving to this place. Love it. Uh, one last story about my kids. All right, because I get to see them tonight and I'm like... I need to talk about them, okay? All right. So uh, I've already told you guys I'm the dad of twin sons, Luke and Sam. They are eight years old. And I just love these little boys. I love how different they are. And even though they're twins, just they're completely different personalities. And I love all of the little nuances about both of them. Uh, a few years back, one of them gave me this picture uh, as a gift of a snowman that he drew, okay? And you can see the little scarf that he has and the umbrella that's there that he's holding, kind of a Mr. Tumnus kind of feel to it, all right? Love that. Um, and then, so I'm just like loving this picture and we're talking about it together and pulling out the little pieces to it. And I'm like, man, I, I also, I'm really impressed like by this window that you drew behind him with even with the little snow falling the little dots of snow falling uh, behind him there and he said dad no that's not a window that's his pizza hat <laughs> indeed it is <laughs> indeed it is now I can't unsee that okay Total perspective change. Pizza Hut would also be a good band name. I'm just full of them. I'm just helping you guys out, okay? All right, shout out to the, to the discipleship band that actually renamed themselves Spooky Canoe the other day. That was cool of you to do that, okay? Awesome. All right, but this change of perspective, like once you see it that way, it's like, yeah, I totally see that and I can't see anything else now, all right? My prayer for us this week as we are headed out of this week and you're headed into the rest of the semester is that the Lord has shifted some of your perspective in the way that you see him and in the way that you understand how he sees you. Particularly in this area of Jesus as the true vine. What a generous and graceful image he gives to us to help us understand who he is. And that we are connected into him and that our life flows from him. He is the true vine. And in every place where we have failed, he has been faithful. 
the true vine. And then this image that he gives us of his father as the gardener. As we've talked about together, this thought that the gardener image of God goes from the first page to the last, right? And so we get the Garden of Eden and that, that image there. And then we get the image in the book of Revelation of when all things are restored and renewed and we have the city of God and then within it this flourishing life. And it describes these trees who's, who's, who are bearing fruit constantly and the leaves are good for the healing of the nations. What a beautiful Beautiful picture. This is the gardener who will not give up on us. He will not quit. And he gives us this image of permanence in the vineyard. That he's going to stay with this. He's the gardener who prunes. And though that pruning may be painful, we know that growth is coming from that very point of pain. The pruning will hurt. But it will never harm because he is a good and loving gardener. He is the expert and seasoned gardener who knows exactly what he is doing. He is holy love. And because he is holy, he will prune. He will not allow you to stay where you are. He will bring you into this life of transformation until you begin to bear fruit that is consistent with the character of the vine itself. And because he's holy, he will do that. And because he's love, you can trust him through that process. You can trust him. He is the good and loving gardener, seasoned expert. He knows what he's doing. And he knows how far to cut. Today we're moving into the last bit of that. And I just... Something strikes me, too, that I want to make sure we catch before we get too far here. Uh, it stands out to me the windows in this beautiful historic chapel. This sacred space where God has moved, where the Holy Spirit has moved in revival time and time again. And it's just beautiful to think that on every other window, we've got this image of what looks like a vine bearing fruit. And I pray that image just stays in your mind. And every time you come in here, you remi you're reminded of who he is and of who you are in him and what he's accomplishing in you. John chapter 15, here's what Jesus says to his disciples on that last night with them. We've been in the same passage every morning that we've been together. And now we're going to wrap this up together. I am the true vine, he says. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you Remain in me. That's where we're going to be this morning. Jesus, teach us. Pour your heart into us. Continue to reveal yourself to us. Holy Spirit, move. Help us to hear and understand. And bring about transformation in response to what you're teaching today. Amen. Amen.
Uh, there was a, a leader of the Chinese underground church named Watchman Nee. Some of you are probably familiar with that name. Uh, the Chinese underground church was, was forced underground because of persecution that came against them from the government. And so they had to go underground. They began to meet uh, in, in hiding and in secret. And they developed these, these networks of these secret churches because of the persecution that was coming against them. And at the time that this started, there were uh, some, some people think there are probably between three to five million Christians there in China at this time. And so when this heavy persecution came against them from the government, it was assumed that this was going to absolutely decimate the church there. How can the church spread when it has to hide underground? But these Christians who are risking their lives for the sake of the gospel, who are building these networks of these small and organic churches connected together, living every day under the threat of persecution, and yet spreading the gospel from relationship to relationship to relationship. And when people assumed that the church was going to be decimated because of that period of time, actually what ended up happening is that it multiplied abundantly from three to five million to around 60 million Christians, it was estimated. Watchman Nee was one of the leaders of that underground movement. This is a person who knows about abundant fruit. I think we would call that kind of exponential growth in the church, that kind of authentic discipleship, even under the threat of death and punishment, that is abundant fruit. It's a person who knows something about that. He himself was imprisoned and ended up spending the last 20 years of his life in prison. And so we look at him as this picture of what abundant fruit means and yet listen to what he has to say to us about this. He challenges our thought about him being the one helping to produce this abundant fruit. He says this, Do you believe that he will treat you in the same way that a tree treats the branches? You do not bear fruit for him. He bears fruit through you. This is a person who knows about abundant fruit. Fruit, And yet he flips this on its head for us. He's like, no, no, no. It's not us who are bearing abundant fruit for him. It's him who is bearing fruit through us. This is what it means to be his branches, to be the branches in the vine, to remain in him, to abide in him. This is the only way for us to bear fruit. The harvest is in his hands, not ours. It's the only way. It's not something that you accomplish for him. It's what he accomplishes in you. In the translation that we read, it uses the word remain. In other translations, it uses the word abide. And that's the word that I'm really drawn to. And I'm drawn to that word because, to be honest with you, I'm intimidated by that word. Because when I think about abide, that seems a little too mystical for me. 
And it's difficult for me to get my mind around what does it mean to actually abide in the vine. Remain is something that I can grasp a little bit more. It seems a a little more stagnant. Abide seems dynamic, and I'm not exactly sure what that means when I really start thinking through what it means to abide in the vine. So we're going to look at that together and look at what this means. Abiding can be really slow work. All right, a lot of times when we get together for a revival week, for a gathering like this, we want to really be inspired. We want to be set on fire. We want to get pumped up and all of that. But instead, we're coming with this language of abiding. That seems counterintuitive because abiding doesn't sound very exciting. And abiding can be really slow work. The poet and pastor Eugene Peterson described it as a long obedience in the same Direction. And it's a reminder that what Jesus is after in us is not a flash of fast fruit. But instead what he wants for us, what he wants to create in us and cultivate in us is fruit that will last for a lifetime. I find it really interesting that God himself in flesh and blood, Jesus in the incarnation... According to the Gospels, the Gospels pick up his ministry somewhere around the age of 30. And that's interesting to me because we're saying that God in flesh and blood lived in the neighborhood for 30 years and it seems as if almost no one noticed. Why didn't he begin his ministry earlier than that? Why wait this long? Why does the story pick up when he's... 30, maybe it's telling us that God is not in such a hurry. Don't get me wrong. There's urgency to the gospel. There's urgency to the Great Commission. And we have to seize the divine moments that we are given. So don't get me wrong on that. There is urgency, but in the kingdom there is not hurry. There's action but there's not busyness just to make it look like there's action. There's rest, but there's not restlessness. There is movement, but it's more than just motion. And what he's calling us into is a life of abiding. So what does this word mean? A few different things. One, to abide uh, can be defined as to dwell and to live in, to make your home in. We've all heard the word abode, right, to describe like our home. So there's that part of it. Uh, it It can mean to remain in place, to remain in place. And that speaks to us here because on a college campus and in a community like this, this can be a very transient time of your life. Where you get the sense, hey, I'm here for this short season of my life. This isn't the rest of my life. And there can be this sense of transience to that. For some of you, you're thinking about your career. You're thinking about transition that is coming up. And it makes you feel not settled. It makes you feel unsettled even in this welcoming kind of place. You're wondering where you'll be next year or, or after that. And for you who are in that season of feeling unsettled, to abide is an invitation to rest, to find stability, to find peace, to find a home in him. To abide can also mean to continue to be present. 
to continue to be present. That's something that's really difficult for us. Because we can be sitting with a group of people and yet on our phones trying to be somewhere else. Trying to be everywhere else, as a matter of fact. Other than the place that we are actually physically in at the moment. We really struggle with this. We really struggle with this. To be present means to not be stuck in the past, living in guilt and regret. It means not to be anxious about the future, living worried and afraid about what is coming next. But to be present with him here and now, to abide is an invitation for you. If you have trouble being present, to abide is an invitation to you to surrender the past to his grace, to surrender the future to his wisdom, and to be in the present now in his presence and to experience what that is like. But here's the one that I think is the most important for us today. This next definition is this. Not just to remain in place, but abide can also mean to be held in place. To be held in place. I feel very strongly like that's the place where we need to land today. This invitation to abide is an invitation to be held in place. Now, for some of you, that makes you really uncomfortable because you're tough and you don't want to think about somebody having to hold you and things like that. Okay, I understand that. Okay. And to you, I would just say, too bad, get over it. You're not that cool. You're not that strong. You need this too. To be held in place. To be kept continually. And for you, this invitation of abiding is an invitation to be held. I've had some rich conversations with students this week. I've enjoyed it so much. And we've shared stories with each other. And I just feel like I need to share with you that over this past year, the Lord has really been teaching me what it means to abide. Uh, just over a year ago, summer a year ago, I felt the Holy Spirit stirring me to get into this passage of Scripture to get into John 15, to start rooting myself down in this because I was going to need it. And I started spending time in this passage and the Lord in his grace and in his goodness used this passage to lead me through a season that I did not see coming. But about this time a year ago, I went into a season. It wasn't the first one that I've had, but it went into a season of where I felt overwhelmed by anxiety in my life. Of where I felt stuck in a place of depression. And as I'm trying to be a husband and a dad and a pastor and all of these other things to everybody else, I found myself stuck in this place of depression. And the Lord in his goodness taught me what it means to be held in place. I talked to my friends honestly about what I was experiencing. I went to a counselor and I'm still in counseling now. And I just want to say this to encourage you 
Many of you are, are in the midst right now of a same experience or you've been there before or you will be there. All around you is a generous community ready to walk you through that. The center for wholeness and wellness here on the campus. I have heard so many good things from students about this and from staff. Let me encourage you to take the time to walk into the office, to sign up, to say, I need to talk to somebody. Take that step. Be brave enough to take that step. Friends, if you know somebody that's walking through this time and they don't have the courage to take that step, then you walk with them and take that step with them and help them. The Holy Spirit uses these people who have been trained to walk us through this. And the Holy Spirit will be your guide. And these resources on campus will be your guide. You were not meant to do this alone. You were not meant to do this alone. You were meant to abide, to be held in place right there next to all of the other branches that are being held in place and that need that life from the vine to bear any kind of fruit. The reality is this. Fruit does not come from me figuring out the right formula. It doesn't come from me striving to create for him or from me behaving according to every rule, every moral expectation, from me earning acceptance or gaining grace or living up to some potential that someone else once saw in me. It doesn't come from any of that. The fruit comes from remaining in the vine, learning what it means to abide in him. The way that a branch works and the way that the vine works is this. The branch does not draw the life out of the vine. That's not the role of the branch. The branch doesn't do that work. The branch doesn't draw the life out of the vine. Instead, the vine sends the life into the branches. And the vine is the source of life. Your role is to abide, to stay in him, to be held by him. At this stage of your life, there is so much put on you about achieving and reaching goals. And all of that can be good. But it can also feed anxiety if you don't have the proper perspective on that. And the proper perspective for that is this, that fruit is not actually his goal for you. It seems that way because he says that, that he wants to see us produce this fruit. But the fruit is not the actual goal. Abiding is the goal. Abiding is the goal. And the fruit comes as a result of the abiding. The fruit comes as a byproduct of that abiding. There was a teacher of another generation named St. Teresa of Avila, sometimes pronounced Avila, depending on how it comes out of my mouth at the moment. Okay. She says this, and this is a word over you today. May you be content in knowing that you are a child of God. 
Let this presence settle into your bones and allow your soul the freedom to sing, to dance, to praise and love. It is there for each and every one of us. May this presence settle into your bones. That's my prayer for you. That you would learn to abide. That you would begin this journey of abiding with him. And the reality is that it's going to take the rest of your life to figure out what it means. Enjoy that journey. This is what he's inviting you into. And it's a life of longevity, of fruit in season after season after season, not just a quick flash of it in the course of a week, but rooting yourself in the vine so that he may continue to bear fruit in you in season after season after season. Something that I talk to our college students back home about quite a bit. They'll ask me to have coffee and they'll sit across the table from me and they'll say, I feel just like I'm in this time right now where I am not growing. And I can look back at a different time and a different experience. And in that stretch of time, I was experiencing so much growth. And now I'm in this stretch of time where I'm not experiencing any growth at all. What is wrong? What is happening? And I'm like, oh, you mean like seasons? You mean like the way that God created nature to work? Seasons. You're going to go through season after season after season. Not every one of them will be harvest. You don't burn down the orchard in winter. Don't burn down the orchard in winter. There are things that are happening beneath the surface that you can't see, but they are happening. And that's where growth is coming from. How do you grow? You rest in him. You abide in the vine and he bears fruit through you. Fruit is not the goal. Abiding is the goal. His dream for you is not what you can accomplish, what you can create and what you can achieve. His dream for you is that you would have life full and abundant, abiding in the vine, transformed by his grace, knowing in your bones that you are his and he is yours. I'm going to invite the band to come back up and we're going to seal this time together and allow me the chance to pray over you. Jesus, you are the true vine. Father, you are the gardener. In the pruning, we can trust you. You are holy love. You are bringing about transformation in us. And we can trust you in that process. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would continue to root us in the vine so that we might bear much fruit. This is to the Father's glory that we would bear much fruit. But the dream and the goal is not the fruit. The dream for us is abiding. Teach us what that means. And then in season after season after season, we will bear new 
and fresh fruit in our lives for a hungry world to taste. See you in your name we pray.